Hello everyone, this is the prestigious one, Joe Hendry here, joined by Dave Conrad, because today we're going to be talking about a specialist area of Dave's, he is a personal trainer, Yep. Um, and we're going to be talking about physique and fitness and what you can do to get yourself prepared for professional wrestling. So from time to time, I may get a guest on board, as you know, some of you may know this is a re-record of this episode. I did try to do it by myself, but we had horrendous trolling going on in the comments. It distracted me. It wasn't the best podcast, and I thought, you know what? I felt like I was speaking about something I was able to give my perspective on, but wasn't necessarily an expert. Whereas I would say, Dave, this is your profession. Yep. Um, you've been doing this for a long time. You know this inside and out. Um, but I just want to be clear. This I want to guide. I don't want to come at this from an expert point of view. Yeah. Uh, in terms of, I don't want this. To, I, what I want to talk about is the basics. Of you know, I want I want you to detail for people what what they need to do, what they need to think about if they're new to fitness and exercise, but they want to be pro wrestlers. So that's what we'll get into, if that's all right with yeah, you. Absolutely, Dave. yeah. But basically, first of all, you know the drill, folks. Uh, we want to say thank you to our supporters on Patreon. We su- we are so thankful for the support that we've got for our content. It's been amazing. We've got 50 patrons so far. 50. Um, so, and as you can see, I'll show it right here. We've got some brand new filming equipment that will be used for free agent and beyond, but we're able yes. to buy that cool stuff and up the production quality because of people like yourself supporting us. And as you know, if you're tier three, that's the prestigious intern or above, you get a personalized shout out on every podcast. So I would like to say thank you to James Malley, Ian Downey, Heat312, Ian Callan-Lees, Tony Madden, Gordon Brown, Ross Wilson, Adam Saccord, Kirsty Bailey, Aidan Rooney, Barbara Good, Adam Wilson, Daniel Betancourt, Ant191, David McCarthy, Kieran Prophet Holmes, Fiona Edge, Clayton Davis, Brian Smith, James Pointer, Jordan Schofield, Laura Baird, Mark, Will Ledwith, Mal Callan, and Jennifer Poulton. So thank you very much to all of our patrons thank you, who have supported us. So let's uh, let's get into it. Um, the reason I'm doing this now, Dave, is because I didn't want to do a physique episode for a while because I wasn't happy with my own physique. Okay. I felt like I wasn't achieving what I needed to be achieving. I felt like I don't want to speak on something when I'm not you know, showing the results myself. Practicing what you preach. Exactly. However, as you know, over the last sort of two and a half, three months, I've been with advice from the stuff I've been looking at online and yourself. I've completely changed my diet. And basically, uh, not to put myself over, but I'm going to show you um, basically my progress picture, which is just to get an idea of where I'm at. I I didn't want to post one. Pardon me. For some reason, my Instagram is not working. Yeah, Instagram's um, been weird today. Gram.com forward slash Joe Hendry. Let's see if that works. No, it's not working. I will show you here. But basically, this is my first... Uh, basically, there was a picture kicking around from December where my belly is just hanging out. Do you want to show both and, pictures? Um, I... I will try to do so. I don't think I can do that right now just because I can't get it up on the screen. But um, I think it's just Instagram in general is being oh, yeah, it is. down. Yeah, Instagram is down. But there you go. That's the one in the corner, that one there, yeah. which is a significant improvement. But in December, um, there was a picture of me barely hanging out all over the place. And I thought, Jesus, I need to get that sorted. And what I've done is I've been following Arnold Schwarzenegger's um, five he he advises five meals um 40 grams of protein for each meal um which you'd talked to me about you yep. said you're maybe not getting enough protein because i yep. weigh over 200 pounds i've done that 
Um, I have, I believe I'm in a calorie deficit because, but again, to our beginners, they won't know what we're talking about. Yeah. There. I mean, I'll go into, but, I'll go into a little bit more detail, but I'll keep yeah. it simple. I'll keep it kind of easy going and, and easy to understand. Yeah. But it can be, it can be worrying. It can be scary. It can be it like, can. what the hell is all this stuff? But basically long story short, I feel like I've turned it around and I've reached a new physical peak. I, I thought, you know, my peak was over in my late 20s, but I've realized now I wasn't covering some of the basics. Yeah. Now that I am covering the basics, I am noticing crazy results. And again, just for, you know, I'm not going to put on any pressure on yourself or anyone else I have on to do this, but when I'm talking to my fans about physique and fitness, mm-hmm. my fans should know that I, I'm a natural clean athlete. Mm-hmm. I The only supplements that I use at the moment is I've got these protein bars at the moment which are just handy meal replacements really but other than yep. that i don't have any supplementation there's no shortcuts or anything like that going on there's no um what would be considered a performance enhancing drug or a banned substance so if when you see my progress um you're seeing something that can be achieved without having to go down that road yep. and i would encourage people not to go down taking those shortcuts because i find Agreed, yeah. people that that we know have done so when they haven't covered the basics and they end up destroying their bodies. Yep. You know what I mean? Do you, I won't put any pressure on you. You can say that if you want to, or, you know, Oh no, at the moment, uh, again, I'm the same. I'm completely clean. I've never, never used any performance enhancers, never, never used anything that that would be considered a banned substance. Obviously I use a little bit of supplementation. So like protein powder and like, I've, uh, you know, and I'll use creatine monohydrate every now and then again, if uh, again, I I won't go into too much depth about that. And then obviously like protein bars and things, uh, on top of that, maybe like the odd kind of like, like vitamins and like electrolytes and stuff. That was mainly, mainly for athletic performance through amateur wrestling and MMA. In the in the interest of full disclosure, um, I didn't know this at the time, but I have uh, quite bad skin. Um, so as you can see, my skin breaks quite frequently. You can see it on my yeah. pinky there, that sort of thing. And when I was younger, so it's it's eczema. So when I was younger, I was prescribed a, a cream and something that you can buy from the pharmacy. It's called uh, HC45. Mm-hmm. And apparently that would... It's make, a steroid cream. Yeah, there's it has like one percent of that in it, so that was for the, medical reasons. Thing is, though, it's not the same thing. Oh no, it's not. It's not. But I just think, in the interest of full disclosure, yeah, I I used that, and the last time I used that was two thousand. I don't think I've used it after two thousand fourteen. But with me, so when I say. I've never used anything like that. I feel I have to mention that because yeah. that is, even though it's it doesn't really affect that, and it's a medical use. It's just it's. I, I want to mention that and put that out there. So if anyone ever turns like turns around and says, but you said that, I'm yeah. fully disclosing. That's fine, that, yeah. You know, but I know it's not really relevant, but it is to me. I just yeah. feel it's better for me to just be over honest than under honest. Well, you know if I mean? we're doing that, then I would technically nasal spray. If I use nasal spray for uh, hay fever, which is uh, some of them. Would that make you feel a test? I don't believe so. It's not the same stuff. So what it is, so when we're talking about performance enhancers, guys, we're talking specifically about things that are that have been chemically designed to enhance performance and to enhance certain areas of... Uh, so steroids as a blanket, steroids as a blanket were originally invented to recover burn victims, actually, years and years and years ago. The recovery properties of them were were used to for burn victims. And then that's when people started to run, well, they can recover skin yeah, cells. So what things. else can they do? What else? Yeah. If we engineer it this way or if yeah. we engineer it that way, what could else could we get it to recover? And that's where sort of the more 
chemical the more yeah. chemical and uh, steroids that you get today the more sort of like uh what the, they were they were kind of you know the more fancy upmarket ones that you get today that are a bit i, I don't think people realize how common they are they're like, very common it's, it's like it's one of the most common drugs in the uk like when you look around a gym it is easy to tell you see people that are it, and it's it's not just a niche anymore it's kind of it's exploded but what what i don't want to do is and it's my kind of fault for saying this i don't want to go down this road yeah yeah no, because it's kind of like you know it's it's not really relevant to what to what we are doing. I just kind of out of full disclosure, I thought yeah. you know if people are looking at your Instagram or they're looking at my Instagram, I want I don't want them to sit there and think and go right okay how how did this happen or if they see the progress, I know there will be a limit to and a ceiling to the progress that I can get. Yeah, but I'm okay with that. And but I just want to be honest with my fans and know and I want to inspire them and if, so if they follow my progress they know they can do the same thing without doing these shortcuts. That's what I'm yeah. saying. So Dave, what I want to do is I want to say let's pretend I'm a trainee. Okay. And I'm coming to you on the first day because when I started wrestling, 2013, mm -hmm. you know I put on what was it six stone you in put a six on month an period. Absolute ton of weight, very fast. And I wouldn't recommend it. No, right? uh, you were. More than once, I remember you being very uncomfortable and and vomiting from just yeah training hard after having like a ton of food and like it wasn't healthy food yeah. either. Like it wasn't great. So for some, I think nowadays when people, I think what people need to realize is again, let's protect the business a little bit here. Mm -hmm. But if you look at someone and and they're thinking, oh well, that person's two hundred and fifty pounds, so I need to be two hundred fifty pounds. A lot of the time. The weights can be a little off. Let's not let's let's not expose the business, but at the same time, let's just say that you know someone can look like two hundred fifty pounds or two hundred pounds and not be and not that necessarily weight. be those weights. Exactly. Like so, for example, I know I, I'm very close to what I'm built at. Yes, same here. I had uh, I remember someone um, gave me hassle about I was billed as two hundred something pounds, but I compete at ninety seven. But you cut down to cut, yeah. So, so I cut weight, for example. Yeah, yeah that was so something I did. My genuine weight is if you look at me, you can gauge from my size. I'm about 210, 215 pounds at the moment. Cool. That's that's what I weigh. But Dave, I'm coming to use a trainee. I've never worked out before. Um, not necessarily the most motivated person because I think a lot of people use wrestling to get motivation. I think a lot of people that watch this series haven't really got started, okay. and they want to know what what are the first things they should do. How should how should they get started? Uh, are we talking just in terms of general fitness or getting into a gym? Well, in my opinion, what I told them when I tried to record this the first time was I said, basically, for me, I'd been at the gym before. I'd been going to the gym and it's like, oh, well, I go three times a week. But I wasn't really doing anything that would was doing any real, making any real difference. I might have been a bit fitter, but I wasn't gaining muscle because I didn't understand the basics. Yeah. What I would like you to do, Dave, is to shatter the myths about what most people have. Because I have friends come to me and go, well, I go to the gym five times a week. Why do I look worse than you? Okay. Can you explain the basics? So the first thing you're going to want to do, and this is just my recommendation, just because it really helps. Now, I, did, I didn't do this at the beginning when I first learned these things, but it took me a long time of uh, training and exercising and studying to learn these things um, by myself. Um, but for those that are starting out, I would absolutely recommend finding a good... If you're learning, looking to get in shape and learn to lift, I would find a good coach that can that can show you. Find a good coach who can show you. They will help to accelerate the process extremely fast because they'll be able to take your body and go, this is how you lift effectively. What you'd want to focus on to begin with is, I would say, basic compound lifts. 
big movements. So squatting, deadlifting, bench pressing, uh, overhead pressing, anything that requires multiple muscle groups, anything that's going to allow you to move a substantial amount of weight. Now, to play devil's advocate, Dave, I'm a trainee. I don't have loads of money, right? And I'm going, well, I can't afford a personal trainer. My counter to that is to say, you can't afford not to have a personal trainer when you start out. For me, I was very lucky. I had someone who was basically a bodybuilder show me how to work out properly. And if I didn't have that, I dread to think how long I would have gone on without seeing any results. Yeah. And it's like, can you basically explain for them? Because what I said is basically kind of almost what you just said. I say to people, find a personal trainer that has the physique you want to have. Because how many out of shape personal trainers do we see? There's a lot. Uh, again, don't don't get hooked in. If you see someone that looks like crap, you know I don't mean I, you know I shouldn't say looks like crap. That's but not fair. But for like a personal trainer, yeah, if you're a personal trainer and you and you don't look right, then I think saying looks yeah. like crap is is a fair thing. To say. At the end of the day, you need to go to someone who. And again, looking a certain way isn't always. Again, you can get people that maybe don't have the best visually visual physique, but are very strong and very athletic. You know. Um, what we, what we want to look at in pro wrestling is we're looking for a combination of both athletic performance as well as uh, aesthetics, the physique. Um, for me personally, when I started out in pro wrestling, all I can say is that I wasn't that great a hand, you know, and my promos were almost non-existent. What carried me first was my physique. My physique carried a lot of weight because I was big and I was I was built differently to every other trainee that was around at the time. Um, I was a heavyweight for a start, um, so I was bigger, and again, I could fill a spot on a card. At, for, at the beginning, you're always looking to get work, and the quickest, one of the quickest ways to get work is, what do you look like? Same as you would say with your the, the gear that you buy, your boots, yep. you, how you present yourself, your physique is, it speaks volumes about the kind of person that you're, the kind of work that you're doing, you know? And that doesn't necessarily mean you have to be jacked and big and muscular. You can be uh, slimmer, but as long as you're in shape, as long as you're, you know, you're not carrying, you know, a great deal of excess body fat, as long as you feel like you're, you're working and you're moving and you can, you can perform, you know, and you look like you, you can take, you know, you look like you do train and you do work out. Yeah, and you look like you can kick somebody's ass. Yeah, basically, in the short of it, you don't want to look like the dad in the front row could kick your ass, unless that's your character, in which case, you know, that's something different. But... Um, in terms of basics, in terms of basics for uh, athletic performance, the first thing I would say is running. Running is uncomfortable for many people. It's not fun. Uh, it can be boring. But what it will teach you is it teaches you mental strength. It teaches you toughness, and it uses your entire body. The one of the things that uh, when I started doing cardio, it really changed my professional wrestling career because I didn't do much cardio before that. And it, it really did uh, change my career because I would find myself getting tired midway through matches. And, you know, what we're doing is what we're doing. You know, it is entertainment. But there's a huge, and I mean a monumental physical demand on it. Like, it, 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 so, you know, it is what it is. It's entertainment, but it's it's not it's not the sort of thing where you go in and it's just easy. You, you know, it's you are moving your body. And if you don't, if you're not taking the steps necessary to get prepared for those matches, you get... 10 minutes in and you will be in a you'll be you'll and, feel pretty miserable and we've all been there there's nothing worse when and it's like I think 
let's think about it like a musician. Can you imagine if you were in the middle of uh, a song and you're about to hit the crescendo of the song yep. and then you just you don't have the air in your yep. lungs to hit that note and you've ruined the song because you couldn't do what you wanted to do. And can you imagine being in a match? You're killing it. Yep. Match is going amazing and you don't have any energy left. You don't have any breath and you can't perform how your mind knows you can perform. There's nothing more frustrating. And you know what? It happened to me the other week. And that's not to say that I'm out of shape. That means the matches I'm having now are of a higher quality and more intense than they were. So basically, I now need to up my conditioning. But again, I feel like I'm kind of jumping ahead here. What I want to do is I want to take it right back to basics. You've got someone that's come to you and said, Dave, I want to look like a wrestler. How long is it going to take me? And tell me, do I need to go to the gym once a week? Do I need to go to the gym three times a week? And Dave, let's assume that I have previously not been the most motivated person. How can I build up to it? How can I ease into it? How can you get me ready to be a pro wrestler? First thing I would recommend, I would go two to three times per week to start with. To get the habits, right? To get the habits. What you're looking to do at the moment is just habit building. You're you're not looking to do anything complicated. We're not looking at advanced programming. We're going to go, I would... I would say, if you came to me and said that, I would go, okay, well, then what we're going to do today is we're going to go in, we're going to warm up, we're going to do a little bit of mobility testing, see your mobility, see kind of how flexible you can move, see kind of where your body might be limited, you know, um, if you've got tight hamstrings or, you know, you've got, uh, you know, your shoulders are rolled forward or things like that. We want to see where those areas are so we can help to maybe work those areas out. Those are going to help you to lift effectively more so. Again, that's something that any good coach that you go to should do that should do that early you know um a good a marker of a good coach is someone that asks you your goals and then will train you accordingly there's nothing worse than a coach that takes somebody and goes oh well we're going to do this because it's like well we're going to do this because this is what you you want to do and this is going to help you then i would look at basic lifts and i was honestly at the beginning i would spend I would I would take I would I would literally do maybe two at the most three lifts a session at the most and I would put a good amount of volume in there so volume would just be the amount of uh, repetitions and sets that we do um, in other words we're going to be doing more of it just that way you build up the habit you know we want to basically get you to a point where you when was the last time you thought about driving didn't like, happen. Yeah. When's the last time you thought about brushing your teeth? Yeah, you just do it. You just do it. That's what we want to get you to the point of where when you do a deadlift or you do a squat, you're just sort of you're just sort of doing it. You know, you don't really have to think too much about it. You know, and that takes some time. As I say, any good coach should build on that. Should build a foundation first. You know, um, you never want to be jumping ahead and lifting super heavy weights because that's what the wrestlers do. Or ah, oh, but that's going to get me bigger the end of the day, build that strong foundation first and you're going to be not only having a foundation that you can build a strong and athletic and good-looking physique on top of, but you're going to be preventing injuries from happening. There's nothing worse than being out with an injury because you didn't take the steps necessary. Um, So that's what I would start with. I would start with just complete educational stuff. There There wouldn't necessarily have to be a ton of training in that first session. It would basically be, this is what we're doing and this is why. And repetition. I have to, in my opinion, and again, sorry for the, the chain is squeaking very loudly, but <laughs> I uh, I have to say, in my opinion, I think we're almost saying that 
going into for me going into the gym completely uncoached is almost like trying to wrestle a match completely uncoached yeah and especially if you're not someone who has an athletic background i think the thing that you have to accept and it took me a long time to accept is that bodybuilding is and fitness is is going to be a key part of your life now it's going to it's going to have to if you want to have those matches if you want to be a top guy or you want to be having matches that are lasting 15 20 minutes for your own sake so that you can enjoy the process. So you can enjoy the process, but not just that, so that you don't injure yourself or someone else. And so you can look the part as well. Remember, you're putting other people's bodies in your hands. You know, you want to make sure that you're, you've got enough energy to lift that person effectively. You've got enough, you know, you don't want to drop anybody on their head. You don't want to do any damage. And yeah, for people to see you, you know, like I say, as much as pro wrestling isn't as demanding on physique anymore as it used to be, promoters bookers the first thing they see is your physique that's the first thing they see the thing i was saying as well is i think now there's even more of a balance between the way you look and how you can perform than before because before back in the day if you were just jacked out of all control then you know you were we'll make the rest work you know yeah whereas whereas nowadays you kind of need to have yeah you need to you need to be able to go you know being super jacked just isn't enough anymore so you do need both but i think I think what I kind of want to touch on is, so for me, I think the first thing we've established is you need a a good coach here. A good coach and a good foundation. So we pick it by picking a coach and what I told people is basically pick a personal trainer that you want to look like. If you see someone and they look in great shape, to me, that's me going, right, okay, if they've done that, then how can I get the advice from them? Personally, is that that right or is that wrong? That's a good, that's a very good first step. Um, But also just keep an eye on things that they're, that they're that they're talking about. They should the first thing they should do, like I say, is they should ask you about your goals. Second thing they should do is is testing. You know, you're if you say I wanna I wanna burn body fat, they should test your body fat. They should check what your current body fat is, so that they've got a starting block. You know, um, a good measure that people that we use is uh, smart targets or smart goals. So the smart smart goals are basically everything. Every letter of the word smart has a meaning to it. So you've got specific, so S, specific, basically meaning that it's specific to your goals, right? So you want to be a pro wrestler, has to be specific for that. There's no point in me going, well, we're going to do, you know, we're going to, we're going to practice walking up a bunch of stairs. Well, you're not going to be doing that. You're going to be running. You're going to be moving. You're going to be changing direction a lot, lifting people a lot. You're going to need, you know, pro wrestling is a unique one. You kind of, it's, there's a little bit of everything involved. Uh, M, measurable, measurable. They have to be measurable. You know, if your coach is going to you, hey, we're going to do, well, we're going to burn body fat. Oh, so we're going to go and do this. And then in six weeks time, it's like, well, do you think you burned body fat? Well, I don't know. You need to measure it. Check. There's no reason to guess it. Check your body fat at the start. Six, eight weeks down the line, check again. See if it's changed. If it's changed a little bit, you're on the right path. And they should be keeping you in line with that. This is the thing. You go to a good coach, a lot of the questions that you're having at the moment, a lot of the I'm not sure, they should be the one to guide you down that road. Any good coach will basically make you feel like, at least I do anyway with my clients, I try and make, I take away all the the mystery and all the kind of like things that they need to worry about. I go, no, no, I worry about that so you don't have to. And I will teach you how to worry about this in your own way. You know, how to think about this yourself. You know, then you've got like attainable, which is, you know, um, you've got, you know, you've got the, the attainable, um, which is 
gets to be attainable. There's no point in going, well, I want to be 2% body fat in six weeks' time if you've got 20% body fat right now. It's not attainable, it's unrealistic, and you're ultimately not going to reach that, and you're going, it can be very bad for motivation. You know, um, you've got time measured, like it's, and then you've got, uh, sorry, you've got, um, yeah, so you, yeah, t, without going on too, too too much detail, I don't want to go into too much detail and kind of and, and go too far into it and kind of spend half the time talking about it. But you know, um, and then time measured things like time frame and stuff on your goals as well. But those are little things to look at that your um, that your your coach should look at. They should be it should be very clear that they have your intentions. You know, they should be very clear that their intentions are. Because you're paying them, coaches are not cheap, and I'll be honest, I'm the first to say they're not cheap. My services aren't aren't cheap, uh, but what you get for that is you're getting you're getting guided down the absolute right path. You're you're gonna have no guesswork. You're gonna have no no mystery. No any questions that you have will be answered by them. And if they know their stuff, and if they are really if they are a good coach, they'll have your best interests at heart. So when it, so let's say we found a coach and for me, from my point of view, it's going right. That person's in amazing shape themselves. So, and I know that's quite a basic way to look at it. It's You've very given basic, us, but yeah. You, but you know, if, if you don't know much about fitness, like I didn't, it's, it's a good indicator. It's a very you good know indicator I mean? to start. So I found who I want, and a lot of people will say, but I'm a pro wrestling trainee. I just don't have the money for that. In my opinion, what I would say is save until you do. Save and then, you and then do. get it. Because for me, I think that now that I've been taught how to work out properly, that's carried me for the rest of my career. For those that are in that position, because that's, that's an answer that would be, it's, it's quite a, it's a, yes, it's an investment. It's the same as I say to people, and again, I've not been on, on uh, this, but now, Gwen, you've done kind of this podcast, and I think it's a really, I honestly think this is a great idea. I really do. I don't think there's a whole lot of information out there on becoming a pro wrestler. I think this is a great, a great podcast for people it's a very great source of information especially from someone like yourself that is you know has been you know made massive strides in pro wrestling the, the thing is though again it's about the progress as well and the reason I'm, i was doing this series is because i wasn't quite where i wanted to be you yeah know? and look so where you're at now. yeah exactly so i feel already i've made huge strides with my with my physique and my performance and I think part of the reason is really understanding that this is, again, another myth that I think we're going to smash here. And I'm going to ask your expert opinion on it. But to me, I, th I don't know if the average person realizes how important diet is. I was going to go on to that. To me, it almost, because you can't out-train a bad diet, right? 100%. But, but you can almost, out, put it this way, am I right in saying it would be easier to out-diet a bad training regime than, yes. than out-train a bad diet? Well, yeah. I would say that now. This is and it sounds. This does sound like, uh, and I'm all about getting rid of BS. I'm all about kind of getting rid of the fluff and all the all the the garbage and keeping it real, you know. Uh, but yeah, nutrition is one hundred percent a necessity. To me, I'm, I may be wrong, but it comes across to me like I'm going to just throw this out there. Tell me if I'm wrong here, but it feels like it's fifty percent diet. Twenty five percent training and twenty five percent sleep. I would I would say Is it around that ballpark? I would say it's around that sort of ballpark. You're you're not far off. Like uh, nutrition is a big deal because training is one thing, but your muscles need to recover. Your muscles don't grow in the gym, your body doesn't adapt in the gym. Your your body will not change in the gym that day. 
you know that's why you know it's funny when you see people do sit-ups and then they lift their shirt and look for their abs that are going to suddenly appear it doesn't work like that the muscles what happens is when you train your muscles will deplete your muscles will break down your body will break down that's why you get tired and you, you ultimately finish your workout and leave the gym what's most important is your nutrition make sure that you're getting plenty of protein in Protein. So, yeah, because you told me, because I mean, if you look at the difference between me from six months ago to now, or even three months ago to now, the, the, to me, I might be, you know, maybe because it's me, I see it more, but I look at it and go, Jesus, that's a crazy improvement. And part of me realizes that before I had a lot of mass, but I really didn't have any definition because yeah. I was getting roughly 120 grams of protein and I was taking yeah. it all in at the same time. For I was going to, I was going to Tesco and eating like, you know, a chicken you know in a wonder so can you explain to me the advice you gave to me about getting more protein splitting up those meals and how that's had an effect so uh when it comes to protein um the two the two things you're going to want to worry about first of all for those that have never done any of this stuff before and are like where the hell do i start with nutrition the two things i'll recommend to begin with are calorie intake protein intake those are the first two i'd recommend if you can track those two you're on. You're you're going to be on to a great start. In terms of protein intake, after you've trained and after your body's tired, it needs to recover. Protein intake is essential to this. Protein's main function is to repair and rebuild damaged tissue, which is ultimately what's happening when you train. You're damaging your tissues, and they need to be rebuilt, uh, rebuilt up. Protein's going to do that. In terms of protein, you want to make sure you're getting enough of it. Most people are not getting enough of it. Uh, and it's relatively ba- and it's based relative on your body weight and your size. So for you, 120 grams of protein for, you know, someone that weighs 160 pounds is is pretty substantial. That's a pretty substantial amount of protein for them. For you, you know, weighing 215 pounds, that's not that much, you know? It's it's uh it's it's not that much. The basic guideline I like to go by is I like to go, um, now this is going to be, guys are going to have to maybe do a little bit of conversion. I don't know how many guys are, uh, how many people work with uh, kilos and how many people work with pounds. Um, But the basic one I like to go with is 1.6 to 2 grams of protein per kilo of body weight. Per kilo of body weight. Now that, and just doing the rough maths in my head, that roughly, not quite, but roughly works out to one gram per pound of body weight, right? Roughly. Roughly, just under a, just under that. Because yeah, it's 2.2, isn't it? Yeah. Conversion. So you want to do, so you want to be, I would go usually, uh, it's, a, it's usually around, this is where it gets a little bit more complex, so I won't go into it too much, is one gram per pound of lean mass. So that's when you need to start doing a little bit more of that stuff. I would I would recommend if you're in pounds, I would go point I'd go point seven to point eight grams of protein per pound of body weight. You don't need to necessarily be up at one. You know, one is okay, but it's you're starting to get a little bit on the the higher end there. Okay, so it's two is two hundred okay for me being. I'd say about two hundred right? about two hundred is about the upper end where you need to be. Okay, anything more than that, there hasn't been any scientific evidence to suggest that any more than that is beneficial. The reason at the moment for you on a deficit, having a higher protein intake is beneficial on a deficit. Right, so when you say a deficit, what do you mean by that? So when it comes to this is where I, so I'll move from protein and I'll move on to calories. So calories is simply the energy that your body uses and the energy from food. 
And it's what you expel every day when you move, when you're sitting down, when you're doing anything to, to live, basically. Your body's using calories. And, and before we go on, can I just ask you, Dave, uh, before you continue on that point, another myth I want to shatter. Go for it. You know, this calorie deficit thing, that's fine, but medical reason, pituitary gland, this thing's going on. We understand there are things that will affect your metabolism, but am I right in saying that no reason or no that there that there's no medical condition that can that will overwrite calories in and calories out there are a couple of things but you start looking at more hormonal deficits and you start okay. looking so things like uh underactive thyroids and stuff mm -hmm. like that um thyroid hormone regulates metabolism okay so metabolism is basically the rate of which your body burns calories at rest mm -hmm. so for example right now when i'm sitting just mm -hmm. basically not doing any real physical activity. But if I go to the gym and I'm on a rowing machine and I burn a thousand, I burn two thousand calories, and I've only put a thousand in my body that day. Am I right in saying that I will override? I'm not saying I'm not suggesting someone does that. You won't necessarily override it, but you can. Yes, you your your basic calories in, calories out is going to lead to. Is going to lead to weight loss. That'll it, lead to weight loss, regardless of my regardless right? because it's again it again all it does is regulate metabolism. Metabolism is the rate at which your body burns calories. It just means that if your if your metabolism is very low due to an underactive thyroid or something like that, you're gonna have to you're you're gonna have to you have to work harder. Care. You're gonna have to be more careful about your calorie intake versus your calorie output, um, just because you're not going to be burning nearly as many calories at rest. But am I right in saying that that's something that you can overcome? You should be with, able to. Yeah. Okay. So. Basically, what we're looking at is from the foods you eat, from the things you drink, you're going to take in calories. What you need to make sure that you're doing in, a, in what we would call a deficit would be to be slightly lower, slightly lower than what you're take, uh, than what you're outputting. That way, your body will lose weight. You know, if we're if you imagine we've got you know a tank of water here, yeah, we've got a tank of water and we've got two things here. We're pouring in water one way, and then water's coming out the other way. If the rate of which the water is coming out is faster than the rate of which the water is going in, the tank is going to lose mass. It's the same idea. And if it's going in more than it's coming out, it's going to gain mass. And then if it's the same rate, you're going to maintain body weight. More, when it comes to this stuff, this is your bread and butter. This is your bread and butter. This is how you can fluctuate your weight. This is how you can basically lose weight, gain weight, gain size, uh, lose body fat. Um, what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to measure what you're you're going to want to measure what your maintenance calories are basically and to measure your maintenance calories there's a f there's a few things you can do a good coach again will guide you through this process they should guide you through this process if they don't you might not have a good coach uh, again it's a really good warning sign what they'll what you want to do is they'll be able to gauge how many calories it requires you require to maintain your current weight so for me 100 kilos in weight It'd be what can you, what what do you need to maintain your body weight, you know, um, and again, there's no exact science to this. This is where things get a little bit more complex, and this is where having a coach can really help because there's no exact science. This is something that people still experiment with. It's taken me a, a little while to experiment for myself. I know now roughly where I need to be to maintain. I know roughly where I need to be to to gain and where I need to be to kind of drop off. Um, but again, like I say, a good coach should guide you through this. Um, what you're going to do then is you're going to go, right, here's my maintenance calories. If I eat this number of calories per day, 
I will maintain my size. What you're going to do is you're going to drop that down. You're going to drop that down by around about three to 500 calories. What this is going to do is it's going to allow you to lose around 1% of your body weight every single week. So each week, you're going to be losing around 1% of your body fat. Okay. Yeah, or sorry, 1% of your body weight, which will usually lead to fat loss. We don't want to binge this and go fast. A bigger deficit does not lead to faster weight loss. It can, right. it can actually lead to the opposite effect. So if you if you have two, because I think this is a problem I made before I had before as well. With I was doing a lot of fasting, and don't get me yep. wrong, I personally believe that intermittent fasting is very effective. Mm-hmm. But I think I maybe pushed it too far, yeah, and not only lost fat, but probably lost a bit of muscle as well in there. Yeah, and it's not just losing muscle. What will actually happen is your body will actually hold on to weight if the deficit's too too large. So your metabolism slows down, right? Exactly. So that, that metabolism that we talked about earlier, it regulates the calories you're burning at rest. Your body is very, very smart. Your body is very, very intelligent. The body is a fascinating thing. But what it doesn't understand is the external circumstances. So the body doesn't realize that you're intentionally in a deficit. For all your body knows, you're stuck in the Sahara Desert and you've got nothing to eat, but you're moving a lot. Oh, okay. Well, to stop you dying, I'm going to lower your metabolism down. It's going to lower your metabolism so that you hold on to excess weight. You hold on to the calories that you're taking in. You hold on to the energy so that you can use it for more, so that you can use it for more uh, important circumstances. Your body doesn't understand the difference. So if your deficit's too large, your body is going to lower your metabolism as a result, and you're going to actually struggle to lose weight with a bigger deficit. I've had more than one client come to me uh, who says, I'm looking to lose body fat. I had a lad, he was, he was training you know, four or five times a week. He was working out really hard, um, but he was only taking in like 1,300 calories a day. And I said, well, the first thing we're going to do is double your calories. And he looked at me like I was mad. Looked at me like I like, woke, up and, woke up on Christmas Day and peed in his cereal, you know? couple of weeks later, he starts dropping. He dropped a, a kilo and a half within like two, three weeks. And he's like, you know, he looked at me shocked, like I'd just done magic. And I said, yep, that's it. You were, your calories were way too low. Your body, you were asking too much of your body. Your deficit was way too low, you know? So you need to be very careful that you're, you're, you're moderating this. You're not going too fast. As I say, starving yourself, starving yourself, yeah, you'll lose weight in a day, maybe two days, you'll lose a lot of weight, but you'll also do ridiculous damage to your body, and you'll also then... So do you not buy into fasting at all? I don't, no, I do buy into fast. Fasting is very, it's calculated. I'm talking about people that will literally starve themselves for days okay. and intentionally not eat because they think yeah. that that will help them lose weight. For me, like, weight I've got is, I, I've, as you know, I've experienced, uh, I've experimented, experimented with fasting a lot. When I was doing, if you look at me in World of Sport and Impact, that's when I was like at the peak of my fasting. So if you look at me there, my physique is decent. Yeah. But what I will say is I haven't really fast. If I fast now, it's literally one day every, it's, the, it's, almost, it's almost like the yin to the yang of a cheat day. 
You know what I mean? So like I'll have a cheat day which will kind of shock the system, but then every so often, maybe once every two weeks, I'll have a day where I will do an intermittent fast and I'll only eat for four hours during that day. And I feel that that is more effective than when I overdid it. For example, I did a 36-hour fast. See, that's way too much in my opinion. Yeah, I thought so. Way too much. I felt I felt like that's terrible. That's probably three times longer than you should be fasting. Like maybe even more than that. I wouldn't do a fast for any longer than 12 hours or so. Really? Well, the thing is, so this is the logic behind fasting. So the logic behind fasting, and especially intermittent fasting, was you, by not taking in uh, other calories and other uh, nutrients, your body uses stored fat for energy. Yes. That's the logic there. And also uh, insulin and so your body, whenever your body intakes food, um, your body releases insulin as a way to regulate blood sugar. When you're not taking food in, you're, the insulin and growth hormone, so growth hormone is naturally released uh, from the pituitary gland. It's naturally released, especially when you're training. Um, but it's released throughout the day. And insulin and growth hormone can't really work together. They kind of don't, they don't work hand in hand. One kind of okay. works and the other doesn't work. So when, when you're not taking food in, and you're not getting that insulin release because, of the, because there's no food intake, growth hormone has more of a chance to work. If that makes sense. Okay. Has more of a chance to work. That's the kind of the logic behind it. Uh, and then the pr- the thing is, more recent research has shown that um, protein intake, though it's important to have your calories and your protein be spaced out, just for the sake of convenience and for the sake of uh, you know the, you know the mental aspect of it, it's not as important as total daily. Okay. Which is, an, and then in turn, they aren't as important as weekly. So I have to be honest, my, where I've noticed biggest success, like I say, so I was doing heavy fasting back then. I felt like I was getting some results, right? But I do feel it affected my performance. I was going to say, yeah. How did yeah. you feel? I want to ask you how you felt um, then compared to Well, now. I will be honest. When I fast, um, I do tend to feel, I feel, I do feel, I do, he, this is what I would say. I'm, I'm going to tell you what I think the optimal is, and I'll allow you to agree or go disagree, but this is what I think I'm finding success with, right? First of all, when you talk about calorie deficit, yep. the reason I think I'm losing weight is because I'm doing everything else the same, mm-hmm. but I walk my dog for about 70 minutes every day. Yep. And in that time, I think the calories that I'm burning and still doing all the rest the same mm-hmm. is putting me in a deficit. Yep. But a quality deficit, like yep. the one you said. So there's that. Additional to that, the main core of what I'm doing, like I say, it's that Arnold Schwarzenegger video, the uh, um, training for mass is called. Mm-hmm. And basically what it does, so it's a 16-minute video or something like 20-minute video, mm-hmm. and I, I listen to it every time I go to the gym, every single time. And Arnold gives a little inspirational speech. Then he says, uh, this, is my min- this is my mentality behind working out. Mm-hmm here's what I do for each body part, the basics. He goes, here's the movements I did on the first day and the last day. Here's the movements for the main body parts. Then at the end, he goes, here's the diet that I did. And the diet he talks about is he says, he says, I did, I had five meals, five smallish meals spread out throughout the day, 40 grams of protein a piece every day. Yep. That's what I did. And every so often I'd have a cheat day and we go and eat ice cream and all of that. Yep. Other than that, it was consistent hard work, right? Yep. So that's the foundation now of what I do. Throw in with that deficit the very occasional intermittent fast 
And what I do is there's another one, one of his friends who was in that group. Um, was it? I'm trying to think of the guy's name. I can't remember off the top of my head, but I look at this guy and I think that he had a more attainable physique for me than, for example, an Arnold. Who, smaller you know, guy, do you think? Yeah, he was smaller, Frank but he was later. It might have been. But basically, whoever this was was basically saying that um, he had all, he had a, so he had two grams of, so he had one gram of protein for every pound of body weight mm-hmm. and half a gram of carbohydrates for every pound of body weight. Yep. And I find that, so I get 200 grams of protein, mm-hmm. 100 grams of carbs, and I feel that with, with the occasional intermittent fast has been the sweet spot for me. Yep. Um, 100% walking the dog is going to make a huge difference. Massive difference. Can I add in one more thing? Go for it. When I, was, when I felt like I was really out of shape, I do feel the keto diet was a very effective quick fix. Now, yeah. Ketosis is... Ketosis is interesting. Ketosis is... Uh, it's not something that I'm super well read upon, but it's definitely something that I've There's, tended to I've tended to steer away from because yeah. it's the absence of carbs. What what I will say with that is I had someone, you know, when I had the match with Kurt Angle, yep. I was out of shape. I knew the match was coming. I need to get in shape. And that keto diet got me looking cracking for that Kurt Angle match. Yeah. But it's that work for me, my opinion, the keto diet is a quick fix it works very well to get you to a point but you can't maintain that point for me absolutely for me what i've done is i've taken a longer term approach and i've gone for you know that heavy consistent lifting four or five times a week with my 200 grams of protein 100 grams of carbs spread across those five meals um and and getting plenty of sleep and walking the dog yeah that long term i have noticed radical transformation yep the reason why is because just by following that stuff as much as that stuff seems very sort of simple and kind of blanket there a lot of that stuff is solid work you know um again arnold schwarzenegger is a guy that was been he's been a pioneer since the 80s you know arnold schwarzenegger was one of the first uh very very prolific guys in in the public eye to discuss weight training for women and for and that's something I want to get into as well. But for me, I look at guys like to me, Dorian Yates is not a physique that I look at and I want. To me, that's beyond what I think the peak of bodybuilding was. I think Arnold is is what to me I see that and I'm like that's quality bodybuilding. Yep. You know, for especially for wrestling. Whereas I look at you know, I'd respect the hell out of Dorian Yates, but that's just not what I think. I don't it's a think his physique. yeah. I don't think his physique would be particularly helpful for pro wrestling. Whereas, it wouldn't be that particularly helpful. And Whereas I look at Arnold and I think he looks like a world, he could be a, a WWE world champion if he was yeah. to go down that road. The thing is, um, with bodybuilding, it's difficult, especially for those, and we know this, but it's difficult to look at bodybuilders and go, that's why. The way I'd, say, I'd describe it is if you've ever seen uh, a UFC fighter right before they, right before they weigh in. You know, when they weigh in at 155 pounds or they cut down to 205, they don't look like that at all times. They are, you know, Daniel Cormier was 205 pounds for about two minutes. Yeah. You know, and then he would shoot back up to 230, 240, you know. Um, Cutting weight, bodybuilders did the same thing. Bodybuilders on stage, bodybuilders on pictures that you see, uh, Instagram, they don't look like that at all times. A lot of them, you know... They, they cut to get to that stage and they'll use things like ketosis and things yeah. to, to get ready for 
a photo shoot or for a bodybuilding show. So, but Arnold was one of these guys that was able to maintain. He looked amazing all year. All round. year round because the the difference, the level at the time was different. Bodybuilding was very different. It wasn't as strict as it is now with body fat and 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 things like that. Now, if you're not five percent, four percent body fat in bodybuilding, you're going to struggle to mm. place. Back then, there was a lot more. There was a lot more space for a more aesthetically pleasing physique rather than a super shredded granite yeah, physique. Exactly. It was more aesthetically pleasing. Arnold was... It was about the V shape, wasn't it? It was about that V taper, which is basically the ratio between your shoulders and lats down to your waist. And for, for me, I think, to be honest with you, that we've kind of gone in a different direction on this podcast than I thought we were going to. For me, I'm probably going to call this one bodybuilding for wrestling. You know? Yeah. Whereas opposed to what I, what I think we should do, is we should do a separate one on a different day, which is just about the basics. Because what we've got into is we've got into talking about, you know, your calorie deficits and your volume and your, you know, you've talked to us about, which is amazing. You've talked to us about the science behind these things. Yeah. But I think we should do another one at a later date, if it's okay with you, yeah. about the, the absolute, let's talk to, you know, John, who's walked into the gym for the first day, wants to be a wrestler. What do his three months look like? Do you think we should do that now, or do you think we should we do could, that? So we could touch on that now if you like. We could touch well, on it. I'll tell you what I do. I feel bad. I keep uh, I keep interrupting you, but you were going to say, tell us about what you were going to talk about, and also you said bodybuilding for women as well. So tell us about that as well. So the first thing, so we'll talk about. Uh, so again, sticking to the basics, I would say. So if I just bullet point it for you guys, so to kind of summarize what I'd said about the basics, big compound lifts. Specific goals. Make sure that depending on your goal, whether you want to get bigger, whether you want to get slimmer, make sure that your calories and protein reflect that to begin with. And that's the basics. If you're struggling with protein, I would say calories. Now, the easiest way to track that, yeah, and this, and then so, third, fourth step, tracking. Okay. Now tracking sounds like it's complicated. It sounds like the sort of thing that you don't want to do. And I was the same for a lot of years. I was like, ah, it's too complicated. I don't want to get into all that. The best thing I can recommend, and again, I'm not sponsored by them. If I was, I'd, I'd be like, awesome, but I'm not, is MyFitnessPal. MyFitnessPal is an app on uh, most mobile phones now. You get it on Apple, you can get it on Android. MyFitnessPal has a huge database of food and drink. And what it does is it allows you to track your calories, track your, uh, your proteins, your carbs, your fats, all that stuff. If you want to just track calories, you can track your calories. That way you don't have to guess what's going on. But those, and then have some basic cardio, whether it be running, whether it be some high intensity type stuff where you're doing some burpees or even doing some of the drills that you would do uh, in wrestling school you know again i imagine you've spoken about uh wrestling training and kind of the stuff you'll do in the ring with drills and stuff now with the with the way that the social media has gone and the way that kind of everything's more open nowadays everybody's sort of familiar with the sort of things they're doing at the performance centers i think the drills probably are the best way to achieve ring fitness in terms of ring fitness they're going to be your best you can even simulate them to the best of your ability in the gym now it's tough to do it but you can do things like high knees. You can do things like uh, burpees, burpees and yep. things you can do. Anything, uh, even you know, um, 
uh, shuffles you can do uh you can do shuffles you can do set and goes any of these drills that you might have seen on like the performance center or anything like that anything that you might do at wrestling training you know most of the good schools now are using these drills uh to get people into ring fitness and to teach them kind of the the physical demands that the business uh requires those five steps are going to lead you if you do that for your first six months you're going to make astronomical changes in not only your physique, but your athletic performance, and even mentally. You're going to feel you're going to feel great. That if you did that for six months, the simple basic lifts, you know. And I won't go into 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 too deep. Uh, I won't go into too deep uh, about them, but I'll I'll name a few here that I'd recommend: deadlift, squat, bench press, overhead press, bent over row, dips. If you do those six exercises in some form or another with your calories being what you want them to be, make sure you're getting plenty of sleep, make sure you're doing your cardio, your ring fitness, and you're tracking everything, six months you're going to change your life, 100%. And that's it. Nothing more than that, and you will change your life. Once you get to that stage, you can start looking at the more complicated stuff. In terms of bodybuilding for women, it's been well-established uh, now, due to the rise of again social media, due to the rise of say like things like CrossFit and weightlifting, that weight training for women is no longer a taboo subject. It used to be a long time ago. It used to be women shouldn't weightlift or they'll get big and they'll look like the She-Hulk. It's now far more established that everyone can weight train, regardless of gender, regardless of age, as long as things are done safely. It's even been it's been debunked for years about you know young people training. Yeah. You know, me personally, uh, I weightlift. I was weightlifting at twelve. I don't. I wouldn't recommend that unless again you've got a good coach and you know what to do. Uh, but I was lifting weights at twelve, and I you know if anything, I was the, the whole stunt and the growth thing is a bunch of BS. As long as you're not damaging yourself, as long as you're being safe and you're still eating plenty of food, which I was, you'll be fine. You know, if anything, you know, I'm, I'm a, based on my family, I am a genetic overachiever based on the, uh, the size and genetics of my parents. Uh, I, I just want to add in as well, um, just to, you know, for example, parents and grandparents can be concerned about, oh, I don't want to hurt, you know, my knees or whatever. And actually at one point, my knees used to make really horrific crackling noises when I would squat down. But see now that I've actually put more, like my legs, unfortunately, have always been quite underdeveloped in terms of, you know, muscularity. But now I've made it a real focus. Yeah. Again, that's kind of the Arnold principle about shocking the muscle and working on your weaknesses. The noises have kind of gone in my knees. I feel like it's strengthened them where you would think doing these heavy squats would be worse for your knees. Yeah. Now I feel a lot better. A big majority of my clients are older. I've got a big number of my clients are actually north of 45, 50. Right. And I, I do the same stuff with them. I have them deadlifting. I have them squatting. I try and get them to squat low. Uh, I try and get them to deadlift from the floor, you know, work on mobility and movement. Uh, if you're having trouble with lifting weights and you're, you're struggling to get into positions, mobility will change everything. Mobility will change everything. Uh, I would recommend that. How, again, same thing. You, a good coach will be able to look at your squat or look at your deadlift and go, well, your ankles are tight or your hips are quite tight. We need to work on these. You know, things like that. 
Um, so Dave, if there's someone who is kind of like you say at the start of the podcast, you said they're someone who's looking to get into this, even if they start two, three, four times a week, you know, let's, let's say they're into that routine in terms of the diet that we've talked about and we're tracking everything, you know, you know, there's loads of information online about the the right things to be eating to get your protein and what you should and what you shouldn't. Can you tell us like, cause people have always been, I tell people, people have always been afraid of fat. Whereas now I tell people that what they should be afraid of is sugar. Do you agree with that or do you disagree? With I would that? agree. I would agree and disagree. Okay. Because you don't need to be afraid of sugar. We don't need to I, be afraid of anything. I, yeah. But, but you're right. An overabundance of it is the problem. Sugar on its own is not a problem. Sugar is simply, uh, again, as long as you're, this is the thing. And this is going to sound, this is, and again, I don't recommend this, but literally you can eat anything you like, if you're in a caloric deficit, you will still lose weight. It's been scientifically, it's been yeah. proven that you can actually eat. And again, this is not recommended, but this just tells you just exactly how powerful the caloric deficit is. You can eat literally fast food, but if you're in a deficit, you will lose weight. I'm going to have to, I, I, I know what you're saying is scientifically true. But I wouldn't oh, recommend yeah. it. You're what? gonna feel you're gonna feel awful, and your insides are just gonna hate you. What I, what I will say is, I think a lot of the people listening who maybe are pro wrestlers or want to be pro wrestlers again, maybe aren't necessarily you know the most super motivated at that time, but want to become motivated. And for me, I personally think that eliminating your sugar. Now again, I might be wrong. Feel free to disagree with me. I have sugar maybe after the gym mm -hmm. and on a cheat day, mm -hmm. but in a regular when training's not involved in a regular situation, I tell people to minimize the sugar. Yep. Um, and to me, the reason I say that is, in my opinion, I think it's the fastest way to make the biggest change. I was about to say fizzy juice. For example, I was going to say, you think about it. Sugar is present in a lot of things, and it's not stuff that we look at. You know, we don't really look at it and go, oh, well, that equals a ton of calories. You know, uh, yeah, you're right. It's a lot of empty calories that are just sort of there that we don't really notice, you know, and it doesn't really fill us. Sugar doesn't fill you up. So you can have a lot of it and it equates to a lot of calories. The other issue is it can mess with hormones because when your blood sugar gets too high, insulin must be released to bring it back down. It's the same reason why intermittent fasting is effective to a degree because because you're fasting for 12 hours, you're less likely to have an abundance of calories in the short time left in the day that you're going to have. Does that make sense? Yes. So instead of eating for, you know, if you're up for, say, 18 hours in the day, instead of eating for those 18 hours throughout the day, you're only going to be eating for, say, five or six of them, mm -hmm. you know? So it's like you're going to get less calories in as a result. So it's a very quick way of getting less so calories in. So do you in. think that intermittent fasting is more... It's, it's not necessarily the, the fasting itself in terms of the time. Do you think it just makes it more difficult to get the calories in that bit? So almost yes. by default, you lose weight. Is that way, the science behind it? In a way. But then also there is the hormonal science okay. and things that we were talking about right. before where the actual fasting nature of it, of having nothing, yep. is, going to, is going to have a, a chemical effect in your body where you will release different hormones and your body okay. will use different sources of energy for... Uh, We'll use different sources of energy for um, the energy throughout the day. So we'll use things like stored fat. Um, that's where, again, and the training, it's, 
again, it's 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 argued what you know training during a fasting phase, you know, uh, like so for example, if you're fasting for the first twelve hours of the day and you decide to train at hour six, it's argued that it might not be too effective. I would agree with that. If I fast, if I am doing fasting, I prefer not to do it when I'm training. The reason being is because the f- stored body fat can be used for simple tasks like sitting doing a podcast, walking the dog, going to the shops. But whenever your body needs to become explosive or use energy or or, or lift something heavy, it's going to require glycogen. Glycogen is energy that comes from carbohydrates mainly. When your body does not have carbohydrates in it due to the fast, it looks for other sources. One thing that can be sourced for glycogen is protein. When you don't have any protein in your system, your body will go to your muscle cells where it can break down protein in an, in an emergency scenario to use for glycogen, i.e. you're in the desert, you need to make it to this point, you have no energy, you need to run, mm. your body in an emergency scenario can break down your muscle protein and use that for and convert it to glycogen to use as explosive energy. Yes, you're not in the desert, you're in a gym. Yes, you're not, you know, you're not dying, you're just you're just in a caloric deficit. 12 hours shouldn't be that bad. But it's just if you're trying to be explosive mm-hmm. and train effectively and lift very heavy, your body's going to struggle to differentiate between the two. So can I ask, how does that relate to the principle? Because everyone talks about fasted cardio. What's your thoughts on that? So the principle of fasted cardio is slow, steady state cardio. Right. Now, bodybuilders use this in abundance. They are, the science behind it is you wake up in the morning and you're fasted. You've had a fast throughout the night. You haven't eaten while mm-hmm. you've been sleeping. You wake up, your body releases cortisol, which is another hormone to kind of get you going, and then you go to the gym. When you do your fasted cardio, the idea is that you're just walking up some stairs. You basically pick an activity that you can do for 45 to 60 minutes. So does walking the dog qualify? Yes. Okay. That's probably one of the reasons why I've noticed improvements. Probably. Because, <laughs> again, you're doing a very simple, you're doing a very easy task yep. of just walking, uh, an easy task so, for you to walk. So for you... So I'm not in danger in the way you were talking about. No, because so you're not doing anything explosive. So it's explosive movement. So what you're saying is, and I would agree with this completely in my experience, is don't go and try and lift weights when you're fasting. I would say in the middle of your fast, you, if you're deciding to fast for, say, the 12 hours, and then you decide, right, I'm going to have some food, I would have a food, some food with some carbohydrates and some slowly re- release carbs and then go train make sure you've got carbohydrates present in your system before you go and do any sort of explosive weightlifting otherwise you're going to be in danger of you know burning through uh muscle uh, muscle protein but yeah you getting up and, and being in a fast and then going and walking the dog that's going to be using that's the the science behind it is that you're going to be using stored fat the science is a little bit it's a little bit, sh- it's not shady, but it's a little bit up in the air. There's science to prove that it may, there's, there's science uh, that s- states there's no difference between doing fasted steady state cardio and high intensity interval training cardio, uh, where basically you would pick an explosive activity and do it uh, a bit more explosively. Um, again, the science is a wee bit up in the air, but yeah, absolutely. I, I believe more anecdotally mm-hmm. that that is the case. You know, uh, again, I had a friend of mine who, I had a friend of mine who was uh, he just he was kind of he was unemployed for a little bit and he was doing his thing and he was just he gained a little bit of weight he wasn't really doing anything and he gained a bit of weight and then he started working at ASDA and he was doing home shopping at ASDA and he was walking the equivalent of eight miles a day 
just up and down Asda doing the yeah. home shopping. And he started, boom, burning weight constantly because he's just walking a lot. He's walking an awful lot. He's burning his calories and he's using this. Yes, I would say that walking is, is extremely effective. Again, it's used by bodybuilders worldwide and you've seen the shape that they can get in for these shows. Scientifically, it's kind of up in the air. So okay. it's just one of those things where you kind of have to gauge it for yourself. Yeah, and, and I think that's kind of a good message to finish on it. Let's finish on this, and then if you can talk a little bit about women's bodybuilding as well. But what you were saying there True, about yeah. you have to find out, I think that's a big part of it. You have to find out what works for you, right? Experimentation of yourself is going to be key. As I say, now I can pretty much, I can, you know when you see chefs on TV and they're just like, oh, take two cupfuls of this, and they just sort of pour it in. They don't yeah. really think about it. They just kind of do they it. They just know what two cups are. Exactly. It's kind of like that. You'll get to know your body. You know, to me, I've always been of the belief that, and I say this to my clients all the time, and I say this to me, I just saw a comment there that I'm going to cover in a second, actually. Uh, yeah. Um, when it comes to your body, imagine having a Ferrari in your garage. You know, you've got a Ferrari in your garage, this awesome car, it's beautiful, but you don't have the keys. You can't drive it yet. You know, it's kind of like that. Your body is an amazing machine. The body is fascinating to me it the things it's capable of doing i mean you're alive right now you're alive dude you just your body just does stuff you know you don't even have to make it do it it just does stuff it's programmed in such a way to just do things and release hormones and, and regulate things it's incredible what you need to do is learn to drive it learn to drive that ferrari you know sit in the driver's seat mess around a little bit you know same as anyone that's bought a new car i'll tell you you have to, you got to understand the gears a little bit. You got to mm -hmm. understand the steering on it a little bit. How much throttle do you need to give it? Mm -hmm. You know, stuff like that. Your body's the same. How many calories does this lead to? Does your body respond well to certain types of training? Does your body respond well to, to a 12 hour fast? Maybe not. Me personally, I felt anytime I've done any sort of low carbohydrate diets, it's affected my, my day to day and my training performance. Mm -hmm. I tend to have quite high carbs because I train a lot. So it depends on, it depends on you. Everybody is different. Even, even identical twins their bodies will be different everyone is different everyone is unique what works for you will not work for someone else the way i train might not necessarily work for joe and i have to say it has taken me five or six years to find something that goes this works it's, it's taken a long ass time if you think you're gonna get it's a not a quick fix is it it's about say, yeah it has to become it's, it's basically to me Health and fitness is so important to my life because what I've realized is, look, I'm not, I'm not afraid to say it. I've, I've been unemployed before. Yep. You know what I mean? I've been I'm in a situation. Yeah, I've been in a situation where I had no prospects. And yep. when I come down to it, the thing that always, but if you look at the amount of content we put out, the stuff that we're doing, we've all as individuals and people anchor. listening. Yeah, exactly. Everyone's a, can achieve amazing things. And for me, I look at back at some of the things I've done and I think. How have I managed to do these things? And it's because it's not because you just do something amazing. You build up the habits day by day by day, and little then, bits at a time. Exactly, gets. it's like The Rock says. He says, "You don't go for greatness. Go for consistent, good, hard work, and the greatness will come as a result." And it does. For me, having what my advice to anyone who's unemployed or in a situation where they want to progress but they don't know how to, if you can underpin your life, and with good fitness 
and exercise and you have a solid routine that makes you feel good and you're fit. It's like, like you say, your body is your vessel. You do everything with that. If you can look after that and you can become as strong as humanly possible, yep. it's like someone's giving people who work out and have, and have uh, good health and fitness, it's like someone's giving you a cheat code, isn't it? I'll be it's, honest with you. It's it, like you're supersonic. You it's know? basically, yeah, it's exactly that, you know. And again, when, you, when you're talking about, you know, striving to be better and things, don't don't strive to be to be great just yet. Just strive to be better than you were yesterday, you know. Strive to be a little bit better every day, a little bit. Because bit. never in your life, like for example, let's take for total different, but another uh, video that's on this channel, the free agent series, right? Yep. That, that didn't become like, let's sit down and, and let's make, you know, this amazing show and blah, 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 blah. It wasn't that. It was like, let's shoot some scenes. And see let's see how it goes. Let's do our best. And over weeks of filming and months of filming, it evolved into a bit where we're like, right, we're ready to showcase this now, you know? And it's, I know that's a weird example, but again, I didn't just, it wasn't just like, for me, you can't just debut in your match one day to the next. You know, there's there's months and months of hard work that goes into it. And it's like, for me, to anyone who, if you're in a situation where you're unemployed or you're you're not achieving your goals, you want to be a wrestler, you're not sure what to do, the fastest way to take control of your life, whatever your goal is, is to have a solid health and fitness routine. Because what will happen is, like you say, if you can be better every day, if you can master your own body, yep. those skills transfer. Yep. Now, so for example, would you consider yourself an academic? Uh I wouldn't like uh, at school. Were you an academic? I wouldn't say so. No, no. But I was very. I was very. I, I worked very hard, but I was very average. Yeah. But with your subject now, with you know, my subject now, again, I, yeah, you've I, become an academic. I've become an academic in that subject. What? Yeah. A, a thing I like to say is, uh, if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it'll live the rest of its life thinking it's stupid. Yeah, exactly. So what the point I'm making, folks, is if you can learn to basically get this change your body and, and achieve things you never thought possible that is going to make you more successful personally and professionally Just mentally yeah because you learn it's like they talk about on on loads of podcasts that I listen to if you become expert in one thing you go oh wait actually i can become expert in anything i want to do all i have to do is work hard and learn and yeah. taking control of your own body your own vessel to me is the 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 first point of, of achieving that it's allowed me to because I so yeah I run I run my own business based on it now you know and that's what I was going to get to would you have would you have thought based on your performance at school that you'd be able to run a successful business no no I wouldn't and, yeah. uh, and that's what I'm saying I had my qualifications and I, I was just like no nah, I don't I need to wait for this wait for that and I I was a bouncer for years you know I was fully qualified PT but I was you know chucking drunk people out of bars you know uh, and then. I, I took the leap and I started my own business and then I realized that not only do not only do I enjoy coaching, not only do I enjoy teaching people and, and, and helping people, but I'm I'm pretty good at it, you know. I'm I'm again I tend to trail off a lot and I tend to sort of ramble a little bit, but I've always got the information there and I'm always a big believer in educating people and, and, and going because again, a lot of people don't know this, and me, you know me. I'm we've we've joked about it in the past, but I'm very like anal about researching things, and it's always like you mention one thing to me, and it's like boom, I'll go away and learn yeah. everything about it. I was kind of like that for health with health and fitness mm -hmm. for a long time, but not everyone is me. Not everyone's like that. For years and years, I would read you know muscle magazines, and I would do I would look at like studies online, and I would and to this day, I still look at journals and studies. You know, 
uh, and, and sci- new science and new evidence that suggests this or new things that suggest that. I'm always constantly trying mm-hmm. new things. You know, I'm, I'm trying out new workout programs, new diets, new things that, that would work. You know, things that I'm like, does this work? Does it not work? What does this feel like? You know, it's always a process. You're never, you're never going to be finished with this stuff. Don't look at it like a destination. Don't go. It's the journey. Don't yeah. yeah don't look at it like, well, I'm going to take a year and I'm going to get in super shape and then that's me. Look at it like a journey, like, right, I'm going to just, every day, I'm going to try and do this little bit, this little bit, and then before you know it, you'll be, I mean, when I was younger and I started training, I was like, if I can reach 220 pounds lean, that'll be more than I ever thought I'd ever achieve. I've been 235, you know, at one point I was 240, I wasn't the leanest I was, but I was 240 at one yeah. point, and I was like, you know, uh... You know, I wasn't very lean at all, but I was I was very strong, and it's like you I never things you never thought possible, and that's drug free. That's through, and again, that's why I didn't look great. You know, that's why I didn't look too great. You know, I, I didn't look to me. I was I was it was too heavy. Two forty was too heavy for me, but I didn't ever think that I could naturally build that much muscle and be that strong. And just through taking my time through, I mean, I'm twenty six now. I've been doing this stuff since I was twelve years old. You know, um, that's fourteen years. Mm-hmm. And it's been a, and it's only in the last couple of years, last two to three years, that I've really managed to get, really, get in a a, a strong sort of like stance on things and really go, I've, I'm I'm kind of figuring this out now. And to to finish up, Dave, do is there would your advice differ for women at all? Do you... no. Okay. When it comes to women, it, it's the same. Exercises are the same. Nutritional habits are the same. Again, there are slight hormone hormonal differences with females, but not so much that it's going to be that it's going to impact you too much. You know, um, there's no there's no reason why women should not be lifting weights or doing the same exercises guys are doing. Uh, women are not going to get big and jacked and get pecs and all that stuff that they're afraid of. Um, they don't possess the testosterone for it. Women do not have, their testosterone to estrogen ratio is much different mm. than men. Men, it's a lot more testosterone, estrogen's down here, mm. and women, it's the other way. So everything that we've talked about today is, is equally applicable to anyone, absolutely. regardless of gender or background. Re- or, regardless of gender. Women, I encourage women to lift weights. Any of my female clients that I have, I the first thing, if they're like, I want to lose body fat, I want to trim Lifting. up, yeah. I want to get, quote, fit, you know, it's... Let's go lift weights. That will that will burn the most calories. That will increase your metabolic rate the most, and it'll help you feel awesome. Uh, one thing I do want to touch on, I think it was uh, Jenny in the chat said, water intake, and I think this is a great place to finish. Water equals essential, essential. If you are not drinking water, you I would suggest you begin. Water. Our bodies are sixty to seventy percent water. Dehydration, even a slight bit of dehydration. So if you go to the bathroom, you go for a pee, and it's a little bit dark, performance-wise, you're going to notice a difference. Even slight dehydration. The way I see it, you should be drinking enough that when you pee, it is pale and plentiful. (laughs) That's it. The two peas. Two peas. For me, I'm 100 kilos. I train a lot. I drink roughly between three and four liters a day. Wow. That's a lot, though. 
that's a lot. And two liters of that's usually during a training session. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm doing amateur training. I'm doing amateur wrestling training. I'm doing MMA training. I'm doing weightlifting, and I'm you know I'm on my feet most of the day with uh, with training clients and things. Mm. For most people, uh, start with just trying to get two liters in a day, and over the course of the day, don't binge drink it. Don't feel like you have to down a big two-liter bottle. You'll so the just same, same as your protein intake, basically. Exactly. Try and spread out. Even more important than the protein intake. Okay. Because if you are even more important than the protein intake, because if your protein will be absorbed, you can take a hundred grams of protein in one go, and it will be absorbed. It'll just take an awful long time. Mm-hmm. It'll take several hours. It okay. won't just go away. Water, however, if you take in a bunch of water at once, you'll just pee it out. Okay. Your body has a regulatory system to where any water that's in there that shouldn't be in there. Just pee it out. So, so if you take it in over the course of the day, you know that's where the whole that's where the whole old wives' tale with the eight glasses of water yeah. in a day comes from. Just over the course of the day, when you get up in the morning, have some water. Later on, you know, have a glass of water in the middle of the day. With lunch, have some water. Have some water at dinner. You know, look to be kind of a good starting point. I would say is two liters, and then as you get more comfortable with just drinking water and intaking water throughout your day. Um, you can start to look a little bit more into the science of it. Okay. Um, you know, for most people, especially people of like your size or my size, water yeah. intake should be a bit more than two liters. Okay. Um, but again, there is there are there is science behind it, and there are like uh, uh there are kind of equations you can do to kind of and uh, and and uh, mathematics you can do to figure out roughly how much water you should be taking. Um, but it tends to be more than you would think. So all I'm saying is just drink your water. There you go. All right. Well, thanks very much, uh, Dave, for educating us about. It. I think would it be fair to say how to become a pro wrestler? Bodybuilding basics. I would say so. Again, I I tend to, or what would you call? It? I don't know. I tend to I tend to ramble a little bit. I would say uh, just um, gym basics. Really, gym basics. Looking for a coach. Um, gym basics. Gym All basics. right. There we go. I tend to I tend to ramble a lot. I tend to get into the science of of stuff like. Uh, so apologies for anybody that sort of <laughs> were a little bit kind of confused what I was saying. Uh, if again, if you're un, if you're unsure of any of that stuff, tweet at me. Tweet at me and ask me. You know, and I can clarify a little bit more for you. There but. you go, Dave. So, and you are not only are are you okay with people tweeting you? You welcome questions, don't I you? I absolutely love questions. I love answering questions. I love uh, teaching and I love coaching and I love helping people. Where was, where can they reach you, Dave? Twitter, social media. I am Dave Conrad UK across Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Send me tweets. Send me a, a PM if you're interested in in coaching or PTing. You can catch me on either of those, or you can check out my uh, my growing social media for my my PT business, which is at Structural Strength Fitness. That's at Structural Strength Fitness. I am looking into doing some online coaching stuff, nutrition coaching stuff online. If you're interested, I'm absolutely happy to field any questions to take any sort of uh, things that you guys want to throw at me. So there you go. Uh, that's a fantastic offer. Dave is is an expert and like he says, he's been working hard on his fitness for 14 years now. So he has uh, he's discovered a lot of stuff. So there's, there, that's where you can get Dave. As you know, Dave is a huge part of the broadcasting that we do here on this YouTube channel, along with you know this series with Free Agent, with the Joe Henry Show, all of that. And um, you can support the content at patreon.com forward slash Joe Hendry, uh, go check that out. You can check out Dave at twitter.com forward slash Dave Conrad UK. And Dave Conrad UK is where you can find him as other social media channels as well. So um, I just want to thank everyone for watching. 
the main way you can support is again go check out the patreon but also please do subscribe to this youtube channel let's keep the growth going it's super appreciated and thank you for checking out the series i've been joe hendry this has been dave conrad and we shall see you next time see you later